Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Let me read verse 1, Psalms 100. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. You know, sometimes that's all you've got is a joyful noise. If you don't have a beautiful voice. That's all I can do is make a joyful noise. Amen? But I, I know I'm better than some of my preacher friends I've had to stand next to in different conferences over the years. I thought, I thought you know, when God was passing out voices, you must have not even gotten that line. It says, serve the Lord, all gloomy and cast down, looking all spiritual like you know everything. No, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Now, let me say this. The world does not want you to have a good time. Unless you're doing it their way. And if you're doing it their way, which is a way of death, you know, then they, they're fine with that. You can just get as crazy as you want. But then when they see other people outside the, uh, the perimeters of, of their influence, amen, and control, actually having a good time. Amen? Oh, we, Lee and I were uh, thinking about our parents. Oh, it was a couple of nights ago. We sat down to eat. We started thinking about uh, my mom and dad and her mom and dad, and we started talking about all the good times we'd had with them. And we had some, I mean, we started going through the kind of the, what would you call it, the catalog of our memory. And we began to think about times with, with her mom and dad that, 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 you know, we'd go, every year we'd go eat crawfish. Every year we'd go, uh, every year we'd go at Christmas time. Every year. And we had all these wonderful memories. We were talking about how I went to a Catholic midnight mass. The place was packed. Wasn't a, wasn't a seat there. They sang all those beautiful hymns. And that priest got up and preached on the, on the incarnate cross. I was ready to get up and run around that place. The glory of God was in there. Amen. I'm telling you, it was. They didn't know. They thought it was the Christmas spirit. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Amen. But you know, you begin to think about that. You begin to think about the lifestyle. If you've lived, listen, if you've lived a lifestyle of righteousness, now don't, 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 don't try to, you know, encroach. Well, you know, I, I've loved God, but you know, I, no, no, I'm telling you, if you've lived a lifestyle of righteousness, you've had a good time. I ought to get a better amen than that. Amen. Compared to this world and what this world does and how this world functions and what it produces. And it's really not that hard to serve the Lord with gladness. You've got, you've got to break religious mindsets and make a decision that this is a true relationship that you have with God. Just like a husband would have a relationship with a wife or a wife with a husband or a father with a daughter or a daughter with her or, 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 or a father with his son. It's the same thing. You have a relationship with God through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. That ought to make you glad. Amen. Amen. I don't know how these devil worshipers can figure it out, you know. I mean, you know, like they, they go somewhere and do what? Worship the devil? I mean, come on. And, you know, you see this, all this weirdo stuff in movies and stuff like that, and you kind of think, well, you know, where are they getting that from? Well, that's, there's people out there that's stupid. Amen? Because that's what it is. What kind of fruit could come out of that but a fruit cake? <laughs> Amen? Some of them say, we shouldn't say that. Well, I've already said it, so it's too late. It is. There, listen, there's no pleasure in this world. The, the, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. 
At his right hand, there are pleasure. Listen, you say, well, I've never had much pleasure serving God. Then you need to quit being religious. Because those, those are the most puckered up people on the planet. Religious people. They got their rules. They got their dates. They got their regulations. They got their ways of doing things with their committees. Amen. But you know, the Bible says we ought to serve the Lord with gladness. Everybody say gladness. gladness. I like that. Gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That's what we do when we come here and we sing. Because I wish they wouldn't sing those songs. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and just try them out? <laughs> I preached in a lot of churches that were in transition that were coming out of the hymnals of praise. Anybody know what hymnals of praise? They were kind of the standard for evangelical worship in the probably as far back as the 50s. Uh, yeah, maybe even the 40s, 50s. And they were in the, the, most of the Baptist churches, most of the Assembly of God churches, four-square four churches. Well, other churches begin to become off-the-wall churches. Y'all know what that is, don't you? They sing off the wall, <laughs> sit out of the book. <laughs> and I remember going into, you know, into, the, into churches to preach revivals, and I could always tell what kind of church it was because they had this little thing on the wall, and it had these numbers, 223, 126, and 115. And people being there, like, like the visitors be looking at it, like, wonder what that means. Well, that was the, the, the numbers in the book of the pages of the songs you were going to sing. Nobody liked that much, huh? Everybody say singing. It's always good to sing. Singing the, singing the natural, singing the spirit. Know ye the Lord, and he is good. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Now, you can get into all these definitions, you know, break down the word, the Greek, the this, but thanksgiving is really pretty simple. People say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're giving thanks, thanksgiving, giving thanks. Sure, it's all right. You can wrap it all up in one big, one big package, whatever you want it to be. If it's giving thanks or if it's thanksgiving, if you're giving thanks to the Lord, amen, are thankful for what God has given to you, doesn't matter. It's an attitude of the heart and an attitude of the spirit. Did you know, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but out in the world, there's a whole lot of ungrateful people that think they're entitled to stuff. They may be, I don't know, but they're mad they hadn't gotten it. Y'all are looking at me like, you really think that's true? Yes, you know it is. And it causes this, it causes this effect to happen in people's lives where they feel devalued. They, they feel like nobody cares. There's an isolation aspect to that. There's a loneliness to that. And it's really a pretty bad existence. But the good news is God loves people. And once you begin to learn the realities of redemption and what God has done, you become so thankful for what he has been giving. Yes. Amen. Now we could bring Thanksgiving over into the, what, what would we call the historical setting, the, the pilgrims and the Indians, you know, being thankful for making it the year. And actually it was all about the harvest is what it was about. And, you know, you got people always trying to pervert it and make things out of it. But I, I'm kind of a traditional history guy. I went through my history classes in the 60s and 70s. So I guess they've changed some things since then, so I just made decisions to stick where I was. But anyway, we understand that Thanksgiving is not just a date on a calendar, but an attitude of our heart at all times 
in which we are continual, continually in a posture of thanking Him for what He's been giving unto us. Amen. Amen. The world don't even understand that. Even, even heathers in the world, if they understood the reason you're still alive and the reason you're still existing is God has put a grace on you in this dispensation trying to get somebody to get to you with the gospel in a way in which you can hear it. That's, that's how big God's love is. Monday, I, I did a funeral on Monday and I used some illustrations and talked about how important it was to get born again. The, the family asked me, they said, you know, we want you to give an altar call or we just want you to pray the sinner's prayer, make everybody pray the sinner's prayer. I think we've gotten to that. You say, what do you mean, be, mean by that? I think we've gotten to the place where probably every service, we just need to go ahead and pray the sinner's prayer just to make sure if there's anybody there that's not saved, at least they're going to say those words. Amen. At least they're going to say those words. Amen. Yes. We're, at, we're at the point of something that might happen, they cry out to Jesus because they've heard something and said something. That's how important it is. Just thankful that we've entered into eternal life. Thankful that we've shunned hell and we're going to receive heaven as a reward. I mean, I've been studying some things about heaven, been, been looking in the Word of God. I mean, it's so amazing. So amazing. If you begin to think about and meditate on that which is coming, you can't help but get overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord. It's amazing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, <coughs> excuse me, and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. I like it. Let me read it in the Amplified Bible. It says, lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Amen. 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 That's why I'm just, woohoo, you know. Well, there's sometimes you just got to just kind of let loose. Amen. I think it was, I think it was brother, brother Hankins told me the story of a roach running up the back of a lady's leg. He said, I've loved that roach for years. He said, we had revival for weeks. <laughs> Amen. Maybe we need a few more roaches around here. We're, we're in a crusade, we're in a crusade in, in Honduras. And a, and, a, and a woman jumped up and started hollering. And they had dr drug a bunch of big logs you know, to, to, for people to sit on <coughs> up out of the woods and stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, we'd had, this is about the third night we'd had it. There's two, maybe 2,000 or more people there. And so she gets up and starts screaming and hollering and starts whacking the ground with this, <laughs> with this big old log she'd been sitting on. And everybody thought some demonic thing was happening. The devil was getting cast. And she was killing a snake. A snake had crawled out of that log. Next, well, I'm telling you, that went across the crowd. Everybody's, whoa, whoa. They got joyful real quick. Kind of like that roach, amen? People say, well, that, that wouldn't be God. Well, how would you know? Amen? I always tell the story about the, late, the, guy, uh, the guy that poured out the snakes on the altar. I thought that was stupid until I got up there and started stomping on them. It says, uh, go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. 
Serve him, be glad, and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. He is our creator. We belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his gates with the password of praise. I like that. Isn't that cool? It says, through the <coughs> come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come and bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He is so loving that it will amaze you. So kind, it will astound you. He is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. Amen. I thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the word. Amen. Amen. In Psalms 116, since you're right there in the Psalms, I just got this one and one more. Psalm 16. Let me go in this one here. I believe it starts there in verse. Yeah, verse 16. Psalms 116, verse 16. It says, O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of thy handmaiden. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer unto thee, everybody say, the sacrifice. Now, this was said both in this scripture and in the previous. What does it mean to express a sacrifice of praise or a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Now, we could pull that into the new covenant. Begin to look at the, what we would call the principles of faith. Amen. <coughs> Let me have my water. You can see very clearly. Thank you. You can see very clearly that as you pull your, your, your revelation over into faith and begin to realize that through your confession and how you speak, you tap into the Word of God. Therefore, there are times in your life which you are in the process of believing you receive and you shall have it. So when you come to a, to a service and there's pain in your body and your body told you you need to stay at home but you came anyway and you come and you begin to praise God, that's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice of praise. When you come many times and you give an offering that you could have kept because you could have really used it, that's a sacrifice. And many times in faith, that's what it is. You are sacrificing your praise. You are projecting your praise and your worship into the future in the time in which you will hold in your hand that which you believe you receive. Some people never learn that principle, but it's powerful. David is the one that shows it to us. Now notice what it says. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, I will offer uh, to the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people in the courts of the Lord's house in the midst of the O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Listen to it in the, in the message. I mean, excuse me, in the uh, Passion Bible. Verse, verse 16. Lord, because I am your loving servant, you have broken open my life and freed me from my chains. Wow. Now I'll worship you passionately and bring unto you and bring unto you my sacrifice of praise drenched with thanksgiving. So what does that sound like? Well, thank you, Father. Thank you for our bill. See, people get tired of it. Thank you, Lord, for our bill. When do they quit saying that? Well, when we get in the building. Amen. Do you not like saying it? 
I mean, I, I like thanking God and giving God the sacrifice of praise, projecting into the future, amen, to into that time in which I'll be believing I receive it and I shall have it. Thank you, Father. I mean, I've had to go several days, uh, many times several days with symptoms in my body, but continually thanking God. <coughs> thanking God. Thanking God. Thank you, Father. Thank you that I'm healed. Amen? Now, I like this part, though. Now I will worship you passionately and bring you my sacrifice of praise drenched with thanksgiving. What a term. <laughs> Have you ever gotten drenched? That means really wet. <laughs> I don't know if you can get any wetter than wet. I've been wet a few times, you know, sitting out in the surf, surfing with it pouring down rain. That's pretty wet. I don't know if you get much wetter than that. But you know, if you're drenched, that means you're covered head to toe. You got it all over you. I've seen people before and a few times in my own life, I've gotten it all over me. Amen. I heard old Pentecostal, I preached in an old Pentecostal church in, in Colorado. Remember that? Had a slaughterhouse on each end. The place smelled terrible. Each end of Greeley, Colorado. I'm sorry, Greeley, if you're watching from Greeley, we love you. <coughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but uh, that, that old, not, not the pastor that was there, but the one that had retired. Yeah. One of the services kind of got away from us. You know what that means, don't you? I mean, it got away from us and got over in the hands of God. God started doing what he wanted to do. And he, that old pastor, he'd pastored that church for 60 years. He said, yeah, God just tipped over the honeypot tonight. And you could tell. Y'all have heard that before, huh? You could tell. Why? Because people had it all over them. They had the glory. They were praising God, shouting, rolling on the floor, doing all kinds. Listen. Their Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving level, went, um, Thanksgiving uh, measure went to a new level. Now, let me say this, and then we'll look at the last scripture because you need it for tomorrow. If you're really wanting to believe you receive and you shall have it, and I've heard this for years and it's been put so many different ways and packaged and boxed so many different ways, but it's still true. If you want to receive something you've never received before, you've got to be willing to go into levels of praise and worship you've never gone into before. Amen. I know several people that, that got into the Holy Ghost move, Spirit of God move. When, hey, listen, when we were kids, we were crazy. We would mock people speaking in tongues, you know, they would, they'd make, and, we'd, and we'd just mock them. And people would get up and just dance in the Holy Ghost and we'd just mock them. I mean, you know, it was, I'm, I'm surprised God didn't just strike us dead. <laughs> Amen. But that, well, you got to admit, there was some wild stuff going on. I mean, you'd be sitting in church, you know, you're just a kid. He's sitting in church. And he's just, Whoa! I mean, just, and he's just like, my God, what's this now? <laughs> Amen. And somebody gets up and starts running around the church and, and you're like, whoa, you know? And your parents say, you know, why don't you get your, your, your friends from school to, you know, come go to church? And we're like, oh, really? <laughs> I'll tell you a true story. I was walking down the street. We lived in, in, in Arlington Heights, Texas on Prince's Street. 
I was going to South Houston High School. I was a sophomore in high school. And I'm walking down the street with three friends of mine that live on the same street. And as we came, we had a driveway that came off of the street and curved up to the house like this. And the front door was right here. Well, we're coming up that driveway because we had a basketball go. We were going to play basketball. And the door slung open, just flew open. And out came our next door neighbor. Her name was Bobby Reen. And she was screaming at the top of her voice, God's in this place. God's in this place. God's in this place. And I'm going, whoa, you know. And everybody's kind of going like this. And then my mother and my grandmother, they're kind of on her heels. And they come out there, oh, I'm like, man, let's go play basketball at your house, you know. They're like, yeah. <coughs> well, people started coming into that in mass. See, that was, that, was kind of, that was kind of just here or there. And that was, a lot of that was very legitimate moves of the Holy Ghost and moves of the Spirit. People were delivered. I mean, it was amazing. My own life was touched by a lot of that. But then that, <coughs> excuse me, that began to happen in mass. That means, you know, the little 300, 400, 500 member churches started exploding into the huge meetings of four and five and 6,000 people. And people would just go, you know, those meetings, you get thousands of people and the Holy Ghost falls in those meetings. It's, it's an amazing phenomenon. Well, I, I had several preacher friends who's, who would say, you know, I'll, they'd see Brother Hagin or somebody like that take off and run and dance and shout and other old preachers and stuff like that. And they're like, nah, you know. And, but, you know, you hang around it. It's kind of like hanging around a, a slippery creek bank. <laughs> Amen. You know, the, the, the bank gets steeper and the, and the mud gets slipperier and you're going to slip into it. And one of them, I think the coolest one I heard was one told me, he said, you know, I thought to myself, I thought, you know, I, that's just, you know, there's just something about that that's just kind of unholy, you know. I mean, he was making all those excuses that people make, you know. It's kind of unholy, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, just something not right about all, you know, just not. He said he was in a meeting and he said the glory of God fell and he said all these people were dancing. And he said, thought to myself, you know, there they go again. And he said, I looked and I was dancing. <laughs> yeah, you be careful. He's been dancing ever since. Amen. How did we get off on that? It's good anyway. Oh, getting drenched. Everybody's getting drenched. Yeah, would you get on you? I did that as a kid. We had an organization called the Royal. Ain't got any Royal Rangers in here? Thank God we survived that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolute miracle there, you know. Well, one time at a Royal Ranger camp out, I was going to light my hand on fire. So I got lighter fluid and put it all over my hand and just lit it off. And man, for about, you know, three seconds, four seconds, I was cool. You know, then the lighter fluid burned off and the fire began to look for alternative fuel sources. <laughs> and, found it, and man, I tell you what, that fire got on me and that fire started doing what it wanted to do. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Next verse. Hallelujah. I'll keep my promise to you, God, in the presence of your gathered people, just like I said I would. I'll worship you here in your living. I like that phrase, in your living presence. Everybody say living presence. Now, your attitude of thanksgiving, your attitude of gratefulness ought to be growing along with your spirit. 
as your spirit man grows, and I've seen it, man. I saw it uh, so often and as men and women would age and get older and just live this lifestyle of righteousness and see the faithfulness of God. It's amazing how at the end of one's life, one can be so full of the love and the mercy and the compassion of God, even though, you know, it's not that they never faced anything coming up through life. It's everything they faced, God brought them through it. And it just does something. It kind of, it's like polishing a jewel, you know? It comes in rough, but all of a sudden, God, where the world would want to just destroy it, God just polishes all those angles and just makes your life a glory. That's what God, that's what God loves to do. Now, real quick, since we've got a couple of minutes, go all the way to Timothy. All the way over to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah. You know, these are the last days, folks. I mean, if you can't figure that out, it is so easy to see the hand of God in so much of the affairs of men. And remember this, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to fear. You know, the Bible says in the last days that many, many, their hearts will fail them (coughs) for fear of that which is coming upon the earth. And you don't have to live in fear. I mean, no matter what happens, you don't have to live in fear of this world or the world system. We've gotten so many, actually got another great testimony today of, of, a, of a couple who had been uh, intimidated, very much intimidated, and we just stood with them and prayed, and, and God broke through for them. And I'm telling you, just did a miracle. I mean, you, they just stood with it in faith. That's what you've got to do. Listen, we're the light of this world. I said, we're the light of this world. And no matter how dark or how thick the darkness may be, when we push back, the darkness has to push back. That's why it's so important to walk in faith and learn to love the Lord. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times uh, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed. Everybody say, giving heed. Now, that means paying attention to, uh, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Boy, we could go through several of those and show you uh, some real lies that are being told. Listen, here's the thing. There's not but one that gets you to God. His name is Jesus. And you know, Jesus himself, it's throughout the word, talks about that that is the primary, that is the primary issue of life itself. I, I believe it comes right out of Matthew chapter 16 when he said, when Jesus said, whom do you say that I am? That that is, that is the question of life. And I know a lot of people try to put stuff all around that, but it is because at the, end of, at the end of all time, that's what you'll be judged by is how you respond to this one that ransomed and redeemed uh, the human family from the curse of sin. Amen? So there's going to be a lot of crazy doctrines. There's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know, it says in the next verse, speaking lies, a lot of lies. Now listen, uh, a lie told over and over, even though psychologist says it begins to have the effect of the truth, it's still not the truth. Now, let me say that. Listen, you really need to hear that because we have been so desensitized. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about, you know, any type of uh, a thing that has to do with us as, as, as just, you know, as people. I'm talking about spiritually. We have been so desensitized by the consistency of sin and unrighteousness and iniquity continuing to multiply and build itself into mankind. I'm telling church, sin is rampant. And what's amazing about it, it's 6,000 year mestation since it got into humanity through Satan. It's at its zenith right now. It's at its highest point. There are those on the earth today that God has given them over to delusion. 
They have reprobate minds. You say, are they unreachable? Well, I don't say anything is impossible with God. I just kind of think it's like this. They don't want to be reached. They don't want to be reached. There are people that have sold their souls to the devil. And they're taking, they're going down with it. And here's the problem with it. We know there's coming this world system. We know there's coming all of this. this the, these things are being put into place for the judgments of God, for the tribulation period and all that it means biblically. Amen. God's dealings with the nation of Israel and the nations of the world and the culmination of time upon the earth. What a time to be alive. And, and just to think we'll be a part of all of this. Amen. Amen. So we've got to be careful and stay with what? The letter of the word. We got, just like John 7 says, we believe on him as the scriptures have said. And you know, people always say, well, scriptures just interpret, you know, man just interprets it the way he wants to. That's not true. The Bible says scriptures are rightly divided. Who are they rightly divided? By those that have the gifts that God, that Jesus put into the church. The apostle, the prophet, the, uh, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Amen. And then they, got, they have to pray. They have to seek the face of God. They've got to find out what, what is God saying. What is God saying to them personally and live that. Then they've got to what is God saying to the church. Then they've they got to personally put that out and live that with the church. Amen. Now what's unique about that is we all at different stages of growth and development. But in the last days, one of the greatest assets of the church is the unity that we have in keeping each other protected from these doctrines of devils. I went to, uh, Lee and I went to the Philippines a couple of times back in the uh, uh, late, late 80s, early 90s. I went, she and I went once and then I went once by myself. And then I didn't go again until 2016 when I went over and held meetings. We did a, what's called a block week at Pastor Paul Chase's church where they brought in all the ministers from around the Philippines and I just taught them for a week, three hours a day and then did all six of their services on Saturday night and Sunday. Now, what was amazing about that, they put me in this beautiful hotel that was owned by, by a couple in their church. And so I'd been flying for I don't know how many hours, and I was tired, so I laid down and put my head on the bed. And I thought, well, I wonder what they watch on TV in the Philippines. So I started going through the channels, and there's this, boom, I hit this channel, and there's this beautiful church and this huge congregation. And I mean to tell you, maybe 20,000, 30,000 people. And then it began to list different affiliate churches in San Diego and different places all around the Asian, uh, excuse me, around the Pacific base, Basin in both uh, the United States, Central America, and over to Asia. And so I thought, man. And boy, they were singing some songs like we would sing. And, and they were all this uh, uh, fanfare. And I thought, what is this? And so I turned up the volume. I listened. And the guy got up to preach. And I knew right off the bat he was a dean bat. He said, now you say that he has thousands of people all over the world. You're sitting here with maybe a hundred people or less than a hundred. How could you say it? Here's why. Number one, laid up against the temple of the word of God, he was a nut. This is what he said. He said, now I am a manifested son of God. That's what he, that's what he said. I am a manifested son of God. There's not many of us. Jesus was one. And I'm one. And then he began to teach the people how they were to take care of him. So, I mean, I was anxious. The next day when I got into office with Potty and Shotty and uh, Paul and Shotty, <laughs> well, that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> with Paul and Shotty, Pastor Paul and Pastor Shotty, glory to God. I, 
was like, hey, man, what's this manifested sons of God thing? And they just, they just went. It's all over the Philippines. It's all over Asia. It's in Singapore. It's in Thailand. It's here. It's there. It's a, and it's it's a, it was the and it's the most crazy thing. And they are so far off. And this guy is just a this guy's just a thief. He's up there just telling people he's going to take their money. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. But they're going to be blessed because he's a manifested son of God. I thought what a racket. But people flock to the sensational. The devil resists truth. We saw great moves of the truth. Through the, the beginning of the late 50s, actually beginning right after World War II, 1948. The great healing revivals. Then the great charismatic renewal. Then the great teaching and word of faith movement. And then the independent church movement sprung up and the denominations began to lose millions of people to independent churches. Which is a phenomenon because how can you build a church without a denominational backing? You do it by faith. You do it by the word of God. Amen? So, we must understand that those... That's the time in which we're living in. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain, uh, abstain from meats. Now, forbidding to marry, a lot of people say, well, we got, them, we got them pegged now. That's the Catholic Church. That's not what it's talking about. Did you know today there's less people of all the couples that, are, uh, that habitate, habitate together on the earth, only 37%? even dare to think that it's a righteous thing to do to get married? Amen? Well, I mean, why should we think, why should we think any, any different? And then all this stuff, we can't eat that. Anyway, here's what they do. They come over, they get 15 things, you can't eat this. This kill you. This kill you here. This here kill you. And three months later, they're, they're saying, now if you don't eat this, you'll die. And, and you were telling me two months ago to kill you. Oh, well, yeah, that, that was three months ago, but you know, if you don't even, if you don't even, you can't listen to those people. I said, you can't listen to those people. You say, then, well, what do you, how do you know what to eat? Well, you eat what you're hungry for. <laughs> Lee and I one time sat at a table with some very important people. We were the least important. And one of them was a very important, uh, what would you call it, a dietitian and a doctor. And then there was us, and then there were some other people, very well known, I wouldn't say who they were, but they were serving us barbecue, greasy, drippy, delicious <laughs> barbecue, pork, yes sir, with beans and, you know, big tall root beer. But the, 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 and I don't, so listen, if you're like this and this is how you eat, praise God, that's, that's what you like. Don't let what I eat be a stumbling block, block for you. But this is just, you know, the point I wanted to make. The, the guy, the books and everything, I could, it was an amazing uh, repertoire of what he had put together as dietary, uh, what would you call it, uh, uh, dietary discipline to eat like that. And so we're all eating our barbecue and drinking our root beers. And he's eating lettuce with broccoli on it with some something. <laughs> Amen. So, so uh, the funny thing was about a month later, I'm sitting around some, some ministers and one of the older ministers says, oh, yes. And he begins to talk about it, begins to talk about some things he had said that he really liked. But then he said this. He said he came to me. And he said he had formed a, a diet 
and was ready for me to go on this diet and I was going to lose all this weight and do all this kind of stuff. And he said, this, this, this particular minister is famous for telling stories. So he said, you know, I knew a fellow just like you. He said he never would eat any cake or pie or eat ice cream or nothing like that. Always eating the most healthy foods. He said at age 37, he stepped off the curb and a bus ran him over. He said, think of all the good food he could have been eating, you know? So you got to kind of take it easy. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you something. I believe most people, their freaked out ideas about diet gets in their head and they believe it. And they say it, and they believe it, and they say it, and they believe it, and they say it. And if they put a piece of steak in their mouth, they'd choke to death. But the Bible, that's why I want to get to this next scripture. Now notice what it says. Because we we need this in this day and hour. It says, uh, for every creature of God is good. Everybody say good. good. And nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Now notice... For it is sanctified, everybody say sanctified, by the word of God in prayer. Why do we pray over our food? It is an act of thanksgiving. Now listen to me, church, that sanctifies our food with the word of God in prayer. That means the food's supposed to do what it's supposed to do. See, people just take that for granted and say, well, you know, just somebody, somebody bless the food. Well, in reality, we're obeying the scripture. And an act of thanksgiving, number one, for the food is to pray over your food and sanctify it with the word of God in prayer. It may be during that prayer that God may tell you not to eat that food. That's happened to me. Dr. Lester Summerall was a man that traveled all over the world. I mean, for years. I mean, he, he, he traveled with, on an on a ox cart across China in the 30s, 1930, with uh, what was the man's name, the Holy Ghost man from uh, England, Howard Carter. He and Howard Carter traveled across the, the, the vastness of China in an ox cart. It's pretty crazy. So I was, I was listening, listen, actually at a table, and a, one of the ministers was actually a, a traveling evangelist that does a lot of work in, the, in, in, in third world countries, said, now, Brother Summerall, do you eat everything that they put in front of you like the Bible says? He says, no, if you do, you'll die. He says, what do you do? He says, well, tell them you're fasting for the move of God. <laughs> Amen. Well, there are times you might have to fast for the move of God. I was in Haiti and was fixing to eat a meal, but I noticed while they were cooking the meal, there were dogs walking all around the pot. And they were throwing a bunch of stuff in the pot and this is Creole cooking and we'll put it over rice. And I thought, hmm, okay, yeah. And so we're praying over the food. The Spirit of God said to me, don't eat that food. So I, I said, you know, I'm going to pass right now. I'm going to, you know, just kind of check it out. And about two days later, when everyone was so sick they couldn't hardly move, I had to pray for them every morning so they could get up and go do. There was a dentist, his assistant, and two, what do you call them, uh, natal nurses, uh, the nurses that do neonatal nurses and so they'd get up every morning they couldn't even get out of bed so they'd come get me and I'd come lay hands on them and pray for them and they'd go back and do their work all day at the end of the day they'd eat, they'd eat again be sick all night long the Lord told me don't eat that food I didn't I didn't apologize I didn't say anything I just fasted for two days I got back to the holiday and I had me a steak it tasted good amen so this attitude of thanksgiving this is going to be more and more necessary to us as believers in the days ahead. Where I, listen, I am so thankful. I begin to think about my life 
uh, think about the things we were talking earlier. I think you would just, before you'd come in, we were talking about, we were thinking about our moms and dads and all the good things. My mom and dad, oh, they were, to travel with them was to drag our whole clan with Cheryl and Alan and me and all of our, and then all of the entourage that we would bring with us all over the world. We had a blast. We had so many crazy things happen, but a lot of people got saved and touched and God blessed a lot of people and we get to live life together. We get to do these types of things together if we keep that thankful heart because the thankfulness of your heart for what you've had in, in, in the past, it begins to project into your future as you begin to get thankful for what you're coming into. Listen, if you don't have any hope for things being better in your life, you need to draw co closer to God. Amen. I mean, I, I've been around so many, and I, and I count myself so privileged. I mean, there were times in which I thought, you know, Lord, oh, why me? Why do I get to do these things? Why do I get to go to these places? Well, you know, I think a lot more would be able to do it. A lot more would be able to go if they'd just be thankful. Amen. I mean, when I first went into ministry, I was so thankful for every door that opened. I mean, I'd go anywhere. I preached to, 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 to the Methodist old people. I remember one time I preached a message called, you can't be a Methodist and go to heaven. <laughs> I was about two years out of Bible school. And so my message was, is you can't be a Methodist or a Presbyterian or a Baptist. You have to be born again to go to heaven. Amen. So as people were walking out, everybody got, they loved it. People, oh, that was so good. That was so good. And the last lady, she came out on a walker, looked up at me and said, I hate you. Just kept on going. <laughs> Amen. I endured it. Made you laugh. Amen. See, that's how you live. That's how you do life together is like that. So life is to be lived and enjoyed. And God's blessing are upon us. We've seen too much happen, too many things going on. And this Thanksgiving season, and let me just say this, this entire holiday season. You know, we want it to be a joyful time. And if you fought depression or things, maybe something negative happened at a, at a, at a, during a holiday season in your life that has maybe marred or scarred the season. And then I, I don't get into this rut. People say, well, I don't like all this commercialism, all this or that. Hey, man, I like anything that celebrates Jesus. And anything anybody gives is rehearsing that which God, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten. That's why we give gifts one to another is to rehearse to one another that God gave his son Jesus, the ultimate gift. And in honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give this to, gift to you at Christmas time. That's how you're supposed to give. Instead of, oh, I gave a bunk this big and they gave me a bunk that big. Uh, amen. Well, that doesn't work. You have to be thankful. Thank God for all of these holidays. We're going to have a great time. And then we're going we're gonna to have a great time. In 2022, we're planning some things that are going to blow you away. Wait till you see what the Lord is doing. Amen. Praise God. Well, stand on your feet, if you will. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Father, we love you tonight. We worship you. We thank you for all your kindness and goodness. Lord, as we leave tonight, now, Lord, we know many of our brothers and sisters are out this evening. Many are traveling. And we ask, Father, that your provision would be upon the house. On all those that name the name of the Lord Jesus here at Island Church, we thank you no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We thank you that angels have charge over us. And we thank you, Lord God, that no matter where we go, no matter what we do, we thank you that our light will shine bright and we will be the salt and light you've called us to be. 
Thank you, Father, in our travels, the airways, seaways, highways, railways, any other way of travel. Lord, for, for recreation, for, for, for to go see loved ones, whatever it may be, thank you that your hand of protection is upon us. Thank you for it, Lord. Father, we walk in victory. We thank you we stand against the flu, colds, these COVID diseases and all, the, all of the infections that are coming from that realm. We say in the name of Jesus, we are the healed of God and we stand on the front end. We thank you for that aggressive posture of faith. You said we say we having the same spirit of faith. Therefore we speak, therefore it is in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for those we can be a witness to. We thank you, Father, we can be, answer to, we can be answers to people's prayer. We can be a problem to the devil. We can be a miracle in someone's life. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.